Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Way Niagara podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Berta, here with Chris Dogleish, and we also have our new friend, Caleb McCracken. He was with us last week, and so if you have not heard that episode, go back and take a listen. It was a really good conversation about serving and community, and so let's continue on with the conversation. We started last week kind of talking on the concepts of setting boundaries within community, community being a core value of way. And um, probably one of the most important core values to who we are context is a community of people okay. uh, that want to do uh, life well together and help each other, encourage each other on uh, our healing journey, mental health, spiritual health, physical health. We are, we are all in on helping each other uh, grow and heal. But our next core value, and if you're uh, an avid Way podcast listener, you have heard that uh, our, our core values are community, authenticity, and creativity. Hmm. Uh, so I want to talk about authenticity a bit today, because okay. you and I chat pretty good about this. Right. Just some really wild concepts of, of authenticity yep. and how the world has become pretty fake. Oh, yeah. We were chatting this week about about the fork. Oh, yeah. Right? Utensils. Utensils. I know. And so my daughter, um, who has autism, has this real interesting thought about them. Yep. That we shouldn't have the disposable throwaway uh, plastic or wood now forks and stuff anymore. Yep. We need to switch to a system of... Uh, you know, everyone carries their own metal utensils around. Yes. Which seems very smart. I agree. A hundred percent. And makes a ton of sense. It does. But it's not good for the manufacturers. That's right. <laughs> it's not. People would lose jobs over this. That's right. I mean, she's a hundred percent correct. And she's incredibly smart for coming up with that mm-hmm. at, at her age. Yeah. Um, because, and, and it's like this with all sorts of things, but, but utensils is uh, a perfect example because we've been making the same utensils for, what, thousands of years? It feels like it. It feels <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. we've been making the stainless steel ones for at least hundreds of years, yeah. I would figure. Probably a hundred. Probably a hundred at least, right? But so you think, like, how many do we need to make? Yeah, like think about your, your grandma's and, drawers or your, your mom's drawers. Like, yeah. How many settings did you have for five or six people or four people? Three in your case, right? Three three in your, your house growing up? Like, oh, we had more than that. But three, well, three that, people. That's what three I mean. People, yeah. yeah, three people. That's all we really needed. And how many settings did you have? Probably oh. like 16 or more, right? 24. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then you have this massive pile of dishes of, of forks and knives and all these things that are hard to clean you have to exactly. you know, deal with. Yeah. I think I think if we treated relationships a little bit more like we tr- were talking about these forks and knives, like we were a little bit more serious about the ones we carry around with us, mm-hmm. about the ones that uh, are useful to us, mm. I think we would learn the power of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about having a drawer full of friends. Mm-hmm. It's about having good, healthy relationships with people. And I was thinking about this. 
anything that you are a slave to mm. is your master. So anything that you have surrendered your time to, anything that okay. is taking yeah. you away from a healthy relationship. Yeah. So like you have these people or you have these things. Yeah. You have these habits, you have these jobs. <laughs> yeah. And you have these different things that you become a slave to in a way. Yeah. And so these things become your master. Right. How do we have authentic relationships with something that we're slave to? Hmm. You mean like having people around as a necessity? Yeah. Hmm. That may, yeah. So that's interesting that you would say that because um, actually in this in this day and age, especially with like the housing crisis right now, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who are keeping relationships just so that they have a roof over their heads. That's right. So, yeah, that's a very difficult sort of question, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, are you just staying in it so that you have a roof over your head? Or are you staying in it so that, um, you know, you're keeping people happy? Mm-hmm. What's the real reason that you're still communicating with these people or that you're still in that relationship, whatever dynamic, not just Mm -hmm. romantic, but, you know, friendships as well. I guess I want to define that term in a way. Like I want to define a slave relationship. Mm -hmm. It's basically a relationship where you're pouring in effort Mm -hmm. and energy and you're working hard for it and getting nothing in return. Right. Or getting very little in return. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's very difficult. Yeah. Well, nearly impossible. Yeah. But also very difficult to get out of because you may be in a situation where, like I said, if it's a situation where it's housing Mm -hmm. or if you're getting something out of it that you feel that you're not able to get elsewhere, then you may feel trapped. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, totally. And that's where I kind of want to head in this is yeah. the concept of feeling trapped in something like a relationship or a, I, this, this is an interesting thing. Like I find people who volunteer for uh, different things, different organizations, different ministry positions, different, yes. they become kind of trapped to the expectation that they're always going to be there because there's no terms or limits to it. Yes. And I think exactly. I think that to create an authentic community, especially uh, when we're talking in the context of church right now, mm-hmm. you have to remove that barrier or that expectation that like, once you're committed to this, it's forever. Yes, that makes sense. You know? Yes. Actually, um, when I did volunteer at the church that I grew up at as an usher, mm-hmm. um, it got to a point where I was ushering you know, every single Sunday. And I felt like, well, if I wanted to take time off, if there was no one to fill the position, then it was almost as if there would be no one there to fill the position. So I had to do it anyways. Hmm. Hmm. 
you know mm-hmm. you feel obligated that you're not able to take that time off right it's like if all of it's like if everyone decided that they didn't feel that they were able to do it that that sunday then no one would do that job mm-hmm. no one else would pick up and do it that that's hard and that's very hard and it's very stressful but the, what that is is abuse yeah right? it's a form of abuse yeah and so one of the things that I'm studying heavily right now and working on a thesis report right now um, is the concept of spiritual abuse. Mm-hmm. And one of the things um, that keeps coming up is this inauthentic spirit that comes from from these spiritual abusers. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to they're creating uh, like false false rules for you mm-hmm. like if you don't do this well you failed us right and they, they treat uh, their authority like it's it's the ultimate right 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 oh no. I've got stories <laughs> I, actually, I actually had a pastor yeah. tell me mm-hmm. that our relationship will continue as long as I was useful to him yeah oh wow and, and I'm not saying this for sympathy, but yeah. it's like, that struck me. Like, I was mm-hmm. early 20s, and I'm like, on the one hand, I'm like, well, he's being honest. <laughs> but at the other hand, on the other hand, I'm like, how twisted. Yeah, yeah. jeez. That it's only for how much you can use. Like, if I went to Chris tomorrow and said, I'm sorry, I just need to step back. I can't do this, this, or whatever. The answer is going to be, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how can I, how can I help you? Like, yep. what's going on? Like, yep. If all of a sudden something like, but there also won't really be an all of a sudden because Chris and I are in each other's life enough that he'd see that coming. Yep. Yeah. And so that's what happens when we're in, in, in healthy, authentic relationship mm-hmm. that we are not putting undue pressure Yeah. on people and we are not causing situations where there's that underlying threat of guilt that you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing, too, that if something were to happen in your life, especially in, you know, while you're attending a church and say you don't show up for quite some time and don't have communication with anyone, that maybe someone in the church might notice and go after you. Yeah. Yep. You know, and not just be like, oh, well, they must be out there living their life, mm-hmm. but that they might actually think to, you know, maybe go after that sheep that's missing from the herd. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so I had these like four points of authenticity to help people that are listening and to help even us sitting around this table to identify uh, like inauthentic things that we we have in our life. Hmm. Um, and so the first is that concept of anything that you're a slave to is your master. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we're supposed to be, I mean, scripturally slaves to the gospel, like, mm-hmm. to the good news, to the grace of God, to to perpetually like like it's it's slavery is probably the wrong imagery of it it's servanthood Mm -hmm. um but you know it's scriptural that they do call it slavery right yeah slave to the gospel of christ the servanthood is what it is because you're you long to serve that master right right so so from our perspective we have this incredible master this beautiful savior this uh, worthy king. Yep. Right? Yep. 
And it's His majesty and His sovereignty that we desire to see in our lives and in other people's lives. So to define, our, uh, to, to go down this road in this conversation with you guys about authenticity, our, um, our focus is, is Him, is His majesty, sovereignty, goodness, grace, mercy, all of those things. That, that, is our, um, that, is our, that is our focus. That's who we authentically want to model to be like. And we want all of our relationships to look like His relationships. Okay. With us and with this church. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to move on from that and, and recognizing like our desire is to love one another like Jesus loves his church, like Jesus loves the lost, like Jesus uh, loves all of his creation. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Moving on. Anything you worship is an idol other than Christ. So we're talking about authenticity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything that you worship, anything that you elevate, anything that you need to get you into a place of worship other than Christ himself has become an idol. Hmm. And this is a hard thing because I grew up in a church where we had these rock star pastors and we hmm. had this incredible music and we had these the lighting and we had the sound and we had, had the, uh, you know, awesome words and moving pictures. We had video on the screen. We had all of these things. And there was times in my life where I like, if it's not this good, I can't worship. Got it. Because what happened was the worship service and the aspects and the pastor and the leaders and the skinny jeans guy with the the cool glasses, like, oh, yes, he became an idol to me. That's right. Right. And he was my authentic. I want, I wanted to model my worship after that thing. Yep. But that thing is is not worthy of my worship. Right. Only Christ is. Yep. So when we talk about anything that you worship as an idol, like, man, there's so many idols. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many idols, right? Like, there are people that idolize Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, there's Swifties right now who are huge Kansas City Chiefs fans because Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelty. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is kind of, um, how do I put this? We had a conversation the other week about, um, ooh, hey, that almost sounded like a guitar. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, we had a conversation the other week about um, taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. Um this kind of reminds me of yeah. that a bit because... Yeah. That's what I was hoping that you'd bring up. Okay, good. <laughs> hey, we're on trash. Um, yeah, just because... Um, you know, the term taking the Lord's name in vain, like, you know, vain is, it, it's vanity, right? It's yeah. using his name for our own vanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of the church, especially with like worship or like with music, it could get to a point where it's all about our own vanity. And I'm not saying anyone in particular, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to judge or point anyone out, but I'm saying there's a possibility that it could wind up being for your own vanity. Yep. There's a risk there. Yep. Where it could be about vanity, where it could be about the lights, it could be about the music quality, it could be about how good you are on on piano or guitar or drums. It could be about 
uh, how loud you're singing, how yep. well you're singing. Um, you know, if you put your hands in the air or not. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so, if you. So you know, vanity is a sign of inauthenticity. That's right? what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. you might yeah. not be. You may not be authentic. You may just be paying, playing a role yeah. or doing something because it makes you feel good. Mm. Not necessarily because you're doing it for God yeah. or to worship God. Because what it's about isn't about a feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you're chasing a feeling, that's not... That's not what it's about, you know? That's right. So I think if we're doing this for for good feelings and things, then, then that's not that's not authentic. I mean, look, like if you've read the Bible, yep. there's so many times where there were definitely were not good feelings. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's funny because I actually had a friend this week talking to me about, like, since when were we not allowed to bring emotion into worship? Like... I look at all these really you look at these men of God in the Bible who had like just some very strong emotion right and yep. we're, and we're supposed to like just constantly pretend hey everything's okay like <laughs> yeah, yeah you know sure pretending everything's okay pretending that everything feels good hey everything's working right? this is great right yeah but at the end of the day you end up hurting people yeah because you're not being honest about your emotions well that's just it um you know i've i've i kind of call it like the um uh the christian mask if Mm -hmm. you will like Mm -hmm. showing up to church wearing a christian mask yeah you know like when you when you go into church and you just see people just putting on a face for sunday yeah um but then knowing that you know the rest of the week it's just not uh you know it's just not them you know, it's not what's actually going on. Yeah. You know, it's like putting on the Sunday clothes and uh, <laughs> yeah. showing up and then, okay, rest of the week, nobody talks to each other. Nobody actually knows each other at all. It's a black hole of authenticity when it's like that, right? Because if yeah. everyone's pretending to be something, yeah, like, what the heck? Might as well, might as well be having a Shakespearean play on stage, like yeah, you know, that would oh, actually yeah. be fun though. Actually, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the more sure. I think about that, let's try that. But <laughs> oh yeah, let's play Hamlet. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not to be. Yeah, but, that's but, Hamlet, right? Oh man, yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, another thought along the lines, and this kind of comes straight out of that, is that anything that hurts you is a weapon. Or can be weaponized against you. Mm. So if you find something in your relationships or in your journey or, or in your serving mm-hmm. that that actually hurts you and you mask and try and keep keep that like hidden, mm-hmm. it eventually becomes a weapon against you. Like to the point where it's like the, the constant repetition of whatever that thing is. This is why so many Christians, I mean so many Christians struggle with church-related PTSD. Oh, okay. So like, um, like just pretending something doesn't actually hurt you, but then it actually really hurts you. Right. Because you don't feel like you can have an authentic conversation about it. Yes. And so that thing that hurts you has mm-hmm. become a weapon Yep. because a weapon is a, is a tool that's intended to, to do the most harm to you. Yeah. Or, or more, more than that, just yep. to take your life. <laughs> yeah, for right? sure. But uh, just things in general that people in church just don't talk about. That's right. There's so many things. Come on. A lot of things. We need to get a podcast. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but when I see this, like, I, I'm not saying this because I want people to, uh, you know, start picking at the fabric of their church existence and their no. church life and, and no. looking at all these things that have hurt them and how people had weaponized their feelings against them. I don't want you to do that. No. But I want you to be conscious of you doing that mm-hmm. to other people. Because sometimes we just take advantage. Not take advantage, but just if someone's if someone's uh, you know willing in one at one time to to do something for you, yeah. you should never just assume that the next time they're they're just going to do it, right? Yeah, and that's where I think a lot of uh, weaponizing pain and spiritual abuse comes from. Yeah, I think uh, we're also supposed to be able to uh, to talk to each other if there's an issue and yeah. communicate and uh, to uh, re- rebuke each other. Yeah, and. Um, and just yeah, and just having that conversation if anything ever ever comes up, right? Yeah. If we're hurt, yeah. My wife often says like uh, relationships involve conflict, and that's okay, right? Sure. I yeah. feel like people don't like conflict. I think it's part of the problem, right? But if you're a person that's being hurt by something, it's better to conflict a bit, yeah, and move on. Sure. Than it is to uh, to receive abuse. Well, to maybe calm down first, and then uh, yeah, oh, yeah. in a calm state of mind. <laughs> no, just just you know, jump into it. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah, exactly. Next worship, you know, just have a mosh pit at the front of the church <laughs> yeah. and just uh, go at it. You that know, would be interesting <laughs> for sure. And I have okay. been to those churches where there's like a mosh pit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nice. I remember a situation a number of years ago where there was an individual in the church that was really upset about something. And to be honest, that person was completely right. Hmm. Yeah. And but they want what they wanted to do was to get up in the middle of the service and basically yell about it. Hmm. Like, mm, let's not do that. Yep. And so what I really tried to do was be a peacemaker in that situation to bring the party, the offender, and the offended. Yeah. Together to have a conversation. Now, the problem was the offender refused to talk. Right. Ah. And so, you know, I'm sad to say it didn't go well and that person ended up leaving the church. But I wonder Mm -hmm. if part of the reason that that person wanted to do something publicly is because at least then it would be addressed. Mm. And maybe Mm -hmm. they knew that 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 individual wasn't going to be accountable at all mm. if there wasn't something said interesting yeah i think there's still maybe a better way of going about it though yeah. like of course you know yeah. like talking to the pastor the deacons yep. yeah something but yeah. for sure but there was hurt there and oh, that's yeah. i think yeah, the point sure. is there's oh, hurt yeah. there no, i get you I'm and, glad, and i'm glad you were there too <laughs> <laughs> i really tried like that was an interesting day yeah but I just, I'm just thinking about that now, all these years later, that there may have just been something in them that Mm -hmm. was like, I don't want this to get swept under the rug, so I'm just going to risk it all and throw it out there publicly, just so it gets heard by someone. Mm -hmm. And like Caleb said, that's not really the the best way to do it, but so many people want to be heard. Yeah, that's true. And when we see all of these you know, bigger name pastors that have gone down for moral 
oh, yeah. issues. Oh. And again, I'm not endorsing how some of these things have went down mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, people want to be heard. Yep. Yep. And what would it be like if we could create a situation where people always know that they're heard? And because if, when they're heard, you're less likely to go into these more damaging mm-hmm. approaches to deal with a situation because you know that you're heard and you're cared for and that it will be resolved properly. Yeah. Yep. I think it's just having a good protocol for it all that, that everyone yep. knows that they can uh, they can follow and rely on, right? Yep. And, yep. Um, making sure that everybody follows that. Yep. You know? Yeah. I want to kind of end with a quick thought about vulnerability. Sure. I think that if we're talking about authenticity, we have to talk about vulnerability. Yeah. Like when you open yourself up to others, you are showing them, you know, the, the I mean, they're going to find things that are idols in your life. <laughs> they're going to find things that are weapons. Yeah. Because you're leaving yourself kind of open. So to find people that you can be vulnerable with is incredibly powerful. Hmm. To find the right people to be vulnerable with is incredibly powerful and can make you grow because those are people that want to disciple you. But I want to caution as well that many um, you know, worship services put you in a vulnerable place. Right? You're there and you're worshiping and you're pouring your heart out, heart out to God and you're, you're experiencing the experience of the emotions and all of those things. And when you're in that space where you're vulnerable, you know, you, you're kind of susceptible to, to things that are like outside, outside things coming in. This is, do you get tracking at all? Yeah. Like when you're in that place, like people will come in and trigger you. Yeah. People will discover your ways to annoy you and, and church pastors and stuff will sometimes get up and say things that are actually not scriptural or biblical or even encouraging mm. from the pulpit. And because you're in this vulnerable place, you might believe it. Or you might take it in as truth mm. because you haven't have had a good time to actually process it. And I find as I've been studying uh, like the uh, concepts of spiritual abuse, there's a lot of people that um, don't know why they believe what they believe or, but because, you know, in a time of intense worship, or in the church service where they're trusting this person, where they're vulnerable, mm-hmm. they've said something that um, sounded good. Right. It sounded catchy. Yeah. You know, it was like that, uh, you know, the Instagram tagline. Yeah. But it's not true. So as much as I'm encouraging everyone to be vulnerable with the right people, and yeah. guard yourself. I also want you to be guarded in the way that you receive in those times of worship. Like, hear the thing, process the thing, and figure out if it's true or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's very important. Because there's a lot of hype that comes from pulpits. Yeah. That is not biblical. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. And uh, I really hope that if you were listening to this podcast, you learned something today. 
about authenticity and that what really matters is Jesus. And if he's at the center of your servanthood, and he's the target of your, your worship, and he is the cover of your hurts, when you're vulnerable and you've allowed Jesus serving people to be vulnerable with you, hmm. it is incredible healing. And you'll, you got to hear this. In order to be authentic, Jesus has to be at the center hmm. of everything. Isn't that wild? It seems so easy. <laughs> yeah, we're so chaotic people, eh? Oh, man. It's real hard. Yeah. It feels really hard to keep Jesus at the center of your relationships. It's hard, but it is really important. And as a community, it is really our goal to be able to do that together, putting Jesus at the center. And when Jesus is at the center, we are going to be loving and caring for our neighbor because I believe that God cares. Jesus cares for people, through people. He uses us to be able to serve our communities in the areas of need that we find ourselves in. And mental health is a big need in our community here. And that is why that is a primary focus for us at Way. And so we do encourage you to become a part of our community, whether it is our wellness drop-in nights or our kids programs that are getting started up or our low anxiety Sunday services or listening to the podcast or maybe even just a one-on-one conversation with one of our leaders. This, these are all different ways that you can connect into the heart and soul of Way because we are here to have Jesus at the center. And by having Jesus at the center, we are going to care for and love each other. And so thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Be sure to join us next week as we have another conversation with Chris and Caleb. Also be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. We have a Christmas special coming up in a couple weeks. And so for more information on all things Way, find Way Niagara on social media or at wayniagara.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye for now.